don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everybody. Today on the East Coast, it is pouring, pouring down rain. So you will hear something in the background. It might sound like little M&Ms pelting my windows, but it's actually just massive size raindrops. And I've been trying to wait it out so that way I could record free of this distraction. But unfortunately, it's not slowing anytime soon. So thanks for joining me. I'm Betsy Helmuth. It's Big Design, Small Budget. And today we are getting our gracious guest rooms ready because the holidays are fast approaching. I have guests coming into town this week for both Thanksgiving and then we have another wave coming in for Christmas. We're hosting both holidays this year, something I've never done before. And I'm really excited. At the same time, I want my guests to feel welcome. I want my home to feel inviting and I want it to feel seasonally appropriate, decorated without being over the top. Plus, mama don't got time. You know how that goes? Yeah. Mama don't got time, so what can I do quickly to make my guests feel like they're considered to help them to have a special cozy experience without breaking the bank or taking too much of my time? So here we go. Here are some ideas I have for you on creating a great and gracious guest room. My first idea is that you take a tiny picture frame and frame your Wi-Fi the address and the password and place it on your nightstand in the guest room or on a dresser so that way your guests can clearly find the passwords at all times without having to ask you. Another idea that I really love is some of your guests may not be familiar with the layout of your home so at nighttime when they're wanting a glass of water they may not want to have to stumble through the place to find your kitchen. So instead, why don't you line up some bottled water? You can put it in a decorative basket or bin, put it on the floor beside their bed, but it's a great way for them to stay hydrated without having to schlep all over your house. My other idea is if you live somewhere interesting, or even if it's pretty mundane, but it has beautiful photography or landscapes, get a few books about your area, be they novels, travel guides, or just those photo books that I was discussing, and put them in the room. Especially if your guests are from out of town or from a different state, they'll really appreciate getting to know your area on their own time, right before bed or first thing in the morning. So it's a great way to add a personal touch to the room. Also, in the same vein, in lieu of artwork, you can find some interesting maps of your area. So maybe something historic that feels a little bit unusual, or maybe something quite large of just your county, or maybe something quite small of the entire state. You know my affinity for big maps of small spaces and small maps of big places. I think that those are so much more interesting than the converse. So go ahead and hang that map above your dresser, hang that map above the headboard, and really create a statement reinforcing to your guests where they are and how happy you are to have them there. Also, I love a guest room because you can really take chances. For instance, in my guest bathroom, I have gone the distance and got some amazing wallpaper from Anthropology. It is oversized floral, 
pretty extreme, but I love the idea of making one of those bold statements in a place where I normally would be more conservative. For instance, in my main bathroom upstairs, I would never do a crazy floral wallpaper. It's where we're all getting ready. It's where a lot's going on. But for this small bathroom off to the side, it's fun to take that kind of risk. Additionally, take that kind of risk in the guest bedroom itself. So paint it a bold color. Use a duvet that's got a wacky and wild pattern. Something that doesn't necessarily feel like you. Something you may not do in your master. But just showing that you want to take a little bit of a risk. Be a little bit more playful. And then of course the guest room is such an easy thing to swap out in transition. As you find new things when you're shopping. I also love the idea of having a tray in the guest room, either on a dresser or on a table next to an armchair with some snacks, just a few healthy snacks, nothing to ruin your dinner, but maybe a couple of apples, some bags of pretzels or pirate's booty, a few mixed nuts. These kind of things will really help your guests to feel super special and they really don't break the bank. Just raid your kid's lunchbox stash and find a few things that you think your guest might enjoy. On a little tray, it's just such a nice way to say welcome. The other thing that I really think is so important to consider are the window treatments. When guests come to your home, they're typically on somewhat of a vacation. They're coming to relax, rest, get away from the day-to-day grind. So having blackout curtains or blackout blinds just becomes so much more important because you want them to feel like they could sleep in. You want them to feel like they could really rest and relax and they don't have to get up at the crack of dawn like they maybe have to do in their real lives. So make sure that those window treatments really block out the light. I think it is crucial for a great guest room. Something that I love to do that may be a little bit contrived, but I still really like it, is I have picture ledges in my guest room. I happen to get these picture ledges from West Elm, but they have amazing picture ledges at Home Depot, at Ikea, and at Pottery Barn. So anyway, I got these metal picture ledges and they're filled with pictures that are just leaning against the wall. But when a different guest comes over, I hurry and run to my inkjet printer print out a recent picture of us hanging with that person or even a picture from years ago and I pop it into one of the frames. By now I have the little pictures stacked behind the others in the frame so I can just easily open up the back of the frame, swap out the pictures and that person feels like they're really a part of this room. They feel like that room is really for them because they see themselves reflected in your guest room images. So I try and do one or two pictures of that guest on the ledge right before they arrive. The other thing that I have that I think is such a big help in a guest room is a luggage stand. Now certainly you could use a chair, but sometimes they're not deep enough and that luggage topples right off. I personally prefer to just go to Overstock.com or even Wayfair. You can spend $40 or less on a decent luggage stand. And that way your guest doesn't have to bend over. It folds up so I store it underneath the guest bed when I don't have anyone visiting. But when they come, I put it out and I put a blanket on the bottom. That brings me to my next tip. It is so important to have extra blankets and extra pillows for your guests when they come. 
Maybe they're not used to sleeping with a duvet. Maybe it's too heavy. Maybe they think your pillows are too firm and they like something a little bit softer. When you have a basket or a storage ottoman filled with bedding options, they can choose how they'd like to be most comfortable. So personally, I put a blanket on the bed and then have a heavier blanket and a basket and I also have a storage ottoman. Or I'll put some pillows stacked on top of that ottoman that they can choose from. That way they can personalize their experience and hopefully get the best night's rest that they possibly can when they're away from home. The other thing to think about is that your guests are away from home, so they don't necessarily have a place to put their purse or to put their jacket or to put their robe or their towel. So hooks are more vital than ever in a guest room. Having a couple of hooks on the back of the door or behind the door really provides your guests with some options for their items that normally they'd have a place for in their own home, but here can kind of float around and just be laying on top of the bed or resting on an armchair. Give them places to put their things and hooks are really low cost, low footprint, I guess I should say small footprint way to do that in a small-ish guest room. So let's see, what else do I have for you? That's everything I have on my list. Do you guys have great ideas for making a guest room awesome? Send them to me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. I would love to share your tips, your ideas for what makes a guest room amazing on my podcast. Now, before we come back, we're going to cut to commercial break. I'll be right back with some questions for you and some information about a contest. What? Yes. Big design, small budget contest. Be right back after this commercial break. Do you love learning about design? Do you wish you could take a deeper dive into the topics we discuss every week on my podcast? You can. I offer online design classes. Just head to the website bigdesignsmallbudget.com and you can check out my online classes there. I offer three different courses, one in feng shui, one in styling, and one that focuses on furniture selection, size, etc. Choose from those classes or take all three and get a copy of my book for free. Each class is $40 or get that combo pack with the book, three classes, and the book mailed to your home for $90. Mention promo code PODCAST to get 15% off your entire order. Check out my classes, learn more, empower yourself so that you can go shopping with confidence and design a space that looks uniquely you while having optimum flow. Check it out at BigDesignSmallBudget.com. Before I reach into the old mailbag, I want to tell you about a contest I am having right now. So if you go to iTunes and write a review from today till the end of December, I will be picking two names of people who write reviews to send out a free book. So a free autograph design book from me sent personally to you for two people who write a review about our podcast on the site. So just head on over to iTunes and log in, write a quick review, and from those names who write between today and the end of December, I'll draw two people to win an awesome book. So head on over there because those iTunes reviews 
really help with our visibility. They help to spread the word about our podcast and help to get us new listeners, which is always exciting and really keeps me passionate and excited to turn out new content week after week. The other thing that keeps me excited is all of my premium VIP members. Guys, you are joining in droves and I'm so appreciative. It's $3.99 a month or $39.99 a year. I launch one bonus episode each and every week in addition to my regular podcast episodes and you get access to the entire archive of nearly 80 episodes. So head over to BigDesignSmallBudget.com where you can register to become a VIP premium member, really help support us, and offset the costs of producing a podcast, which is pretty expensive. (laughs) So help me help you head over, become a premium VIP member, and enjoy all the content that comes with it. So now it is time to reach, reach, reach into the old mailbag, my favorite part of every show where I get to answer your listener questions. If you can't get enough of my answers, you can head over to our Facebook page every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I host a Q&A where I answer your design questions right there on the spot. I talk about my current design projects, my design dilemmas, what I'm loving seasonally. So head over to Affordable Interior Designs Facebook page to check out all of our past Facebook Live events and to ask some questions for our future ones. So in the meanwhile, I got a question from Catherine. Catherine writes, Betsy, I'm wondering what color, if any, to stain our oak floors. The house we moved into isn't very big and the wood floor joins a beige carpeted living room in one spot. The same beige carpeting is also in a nearby hallway. Would it be better to keep all of this flooring relatively uniform in color, or will it not matter in terms of feeling continuous or spacious? Thanks, Catherine. All right, Catherine. So my answer is this. If that beige carpeting is pretty light, I would not let it reflect the stain color that I'm going to choose, even though it will look more continuous and it will look more spacious if they are roughly the same tone. The problem is light woods just aren't very popular right now. You're not going to want to restain those floors for a good five to 10 years. And unfortunately, they're going to look dated because light stain is dated right? It's no longer in vogue. You're going to have a hard time with that resale value. It's going to cost a lot more than new carpeting to stain those floors. And I'm worried that you're going to make a choice that may not even coordinate with your current furniture selections. Not that your floors have to match your furniture. It would be nice if they're relatively similar, but that's not a must. The thing that I do think is a little bit more of a must is that your wood floors would be similar to your trim color or your window framing color. So what color are your baseboards? What color are your interior doors? What color are your window frames? That color, if it is a wood tone, should closely relate to your floor stain. If they're painted, then of course that doesn't give us much to go on. But still, the thing that is much more popular right now is a mid-tone wood color. I like a mid-tone that's not orange, not yellow, not red. So stay away from those honey tones, those mahogany tones, any sort of reddish wood tones like cherry. Instead, go for a mid-tone walnut. It can have a hint of warmth, but nothing that reads orange or red. 
because again, those are a little bit dated, super traditional, and don't appeal to a large number of people, nor do they coordinate with a lot of furniture that's currently on the market today. So I hope that helps. Stick with that mid-tone walnut color, even if it is in contrast to the carpeting, because I would hate for you to make a choice that's not ideal just because you want your floor to match your carpet. So there we go. My next question comes from Lindsay. Lindsay writes, Betsy, do you prefer matching bedside lamps or different lamps for nightstands? So Lindsay, do I tell you the truth? Do I tell you the truth or do I tell you what designers want you to hear? Well, I'll start with what designers want you to hear. What a true designer who's very eclectic and spends years designing a space would tell you is that if your nightstands are the same, your lamps should be different. And if your lamps are the same, your nightstands should be different. That way, it looks a little bit more unexpected, a little bit more like some found objet, rather than looking like you went to a catalog and said, give me two of those and two of those. So that's what a designer would tell you. But I think it's easier said than done to find two lamps that are different but don't make the space feel too eclectic on top of nightstands that look great with both lamps. So I often do order two nightstands and then go to a different place and order the two lamps. However, here is how I keep it fresh and designerly while still keeping it easy. I keep it fresh and designerly by ensuring that the texture of the lamp is different than the texture of the end table. For instance, if my nightstand is made of wood, my lamps will not be made of wood. They will be made of ceramic, glass, metal, any other choice that's not a wood texture. Or if my nightstands are metal, then of course I would never put a metal lamp on top of them. Again, I would go for ceramic. In this case, I could certainly go for wood. I could go for acrylic. So there's lots of different options, but you want to make sure that the two textures of the two items that are on top of each other are different. And that will also give you a very well-rounded, more designerly feel and look. So I hope that helps, Lindsay. Oh, you know what? Before I leave that comment, can I tell you something else that I find to be very important even though you didn't ask? So the key, even if you're looking for differently sized nightstands or differently sized lamps, is that they stay within two inches of each other. In other words, the height of the nightstand should be within two inches of the height of the lamp. Does that make sense? So if the nightstand is 24 inches, your nightstand lamp should be somewhere between 22 and 26 inches high. Now, the height of the nightstand is determined by the height of the mattress from the floor. So take your measuring tape and measure from the floor to the top of the mattress. And your nightstand should be within two inches of that height. A standard bed that does not take a box spring is generally 24 to 26 inches from the floor to the top of the mattress. A bed that does have a box spring is typically 26 to 30 inches from the floor to the top of the mattress. And a platform bed is typically between 20 and 24 inches from the floor to the top of the mattress. So determine what situation you're in with those three scenarios and then match your nightstanding accordingly. And then from there, match your nightstand lamp accordingly. So Lindsay, even though that was a little bit more than you bargained for, I sure hope it was helpful. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me on this rainy, rainy Tuesday. I am excited 
for the future. I'm excited for um, the holidays. It's important to look forward to these little things during times that are a little politically turbulent. And while I won't get into that on this podcast, I'm wishing you all peace, love, and a lot of calm energy this season. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next Tuesday.